Are you one of the 1.5 million Georgians without health insurance? Visit GeorgiaAccess.gov to connect with the resources to find affordable private and public health care options. You may be eligible for financial assistance programs, including Medicaid and Peach Care for Kids. Even healthy people need coverage. An unexpected medical emergency can hurt you and your wallet. Open enrollment for health insurance plans ends January 15th, so don't wait. Visit GeorgiaAccess.gov today. Climb aboard the Marauder. We're going back into a galaxy far, far away. We're covering the premiere two episodes of The Bad Batch. Right after these ads, we have no control over. Are you one of the 1.5 million Georgians without health insurance? Visit GeorgiaAccess.gov to connect with the resources to find affordable private and public health care options. You may be eligible for financial assistance programs, including Medicaid and Peach Care for Kids. Even healthy people need coverage. An unexpected medical emergency can hurt you and your wallet. Open enrollment for health insurance plans ends January 15th, so don't wait. Visit GeorgiaAccess.gov today. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Animation, deliberation, a conversation, and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Welcome back to Animation Deliberation. As someone who always sings along, I hope you uh, enjoyed being as caught off guard as I just was. I am Andrew Rogers. And I am the most trustworthy pirate you know, J. Scotty St. Clair. Uh, And we are your hosts for this lovely episode of Animation Deliberation. Like we've said, we're talking about the Bad Batch. It is so good to be back to Star Wars. It is just one of our favorite things to talk about. It is just going to be the two of us this week. Zuhair has gone off on a bounty hunting mission, um, but for all of you who have seriously listened the past couple weeks and mentioned his surgery, he is doing okay. He's just tired right now. Um, Before anyone thinks there's anything wrong, he is doing fantastic. That's why we sent him off on another mission uh, outside of this. Yeah, thankfully his shoulder was not crushed by approximately 150 kilograms of pressure. Ooh, <laughs> that would uh, that one would hurt just a little little tidbit. Yes, indeed. So before we get into things this week, we don't have any news. We don't have any Anna minutes, but we are going to give you a little bit of a kind of non-spoiler re- review uh, for Star Wars The Bad Batch. If for some reason you haven't watched the first season yet, but you were tuning in to, you know, listen and hear what's going on uh we'll kind of give you our thoughts of the show what were we have going on for a couple minutes then we'll jump into the synopsis and start getting into spoilers but if you were here uh this is a good time to you know listen and figure out whether or not this show is for you yeah well said so i will kick it off by saying i think the most praise that i can give this show without getting into to any of the story beats really and this like applies to Season one, as well as what I've seen for season two so far, what really keeps bringing me back is the art direction of this show. It really is just breathtaking. It really feels like an ode to like the artwork of like Ralph McQuarrie. And I I said it over and over again last season, but I I know I'm going to say it again because it was just one of the first things that came to my mind when we started up this season. But there's just such a painterly quality. They really feel like 
the characters and the environments, like they're rendered so well and with such high fidelity and detail, but you can, it's like, you can see every little brush stroke, every little blemish on like textures in the background, as well as on characters, skins and, and faces. So uh, I am just really enjoying already being back in this world and just the sight that it is to behold. Oh yeah. I think that's the number one thing. If you are a fan of animation, as we hope all of you are, Hands down, I think the most beautiful show, possibly period. I think MAPPA has a run for their money on this one. Like Star Wars, whatever they figured out with animation, the attention to detail. I'm amazed that we got a season under two years after the first season. Like, I think it's about a year and a half to this point. And even just when you talk about attention to detail uh, this season, they changed up the costumes, I noticed. And Hunter Mm. is wearing a little scarf. And it's not the biggest deal. It's a scarf until you watch that scarf and it is blowing in the wind in every moment. It moves every time he does like this is an anime. We're not just drawing the outfit as a whole. They are like wholeheartedly putting every effort into, you know, generating what is possibly the most beautiful animation out there. So if you like that, that's great. And then I'm also just going to switch gears and, you know, without getting into the story, like we said, uh, character development, Dave Filoni is known to be the master of it. Mm-hmm. already between season one and two again without saying too much i feel like we're getting the character growth he's the master of season one you kind of are abrasive with these characters you're like they're a little silly i don't know if i like them by the time season two has started i'm like nope i'm on board with everything that you know these characters are doing and usually it takes him like four seasons to do that so already i can see the wheels are in motion for some of the best storytelling that Star Wars has to offer because it's no secret. Uh, if you've ever listened before, Star Wars, the Clone Wars is like my favorite piece of Star Wars. Anything that entire seven episode series or seven episode seven season series is just top tier for the storytelling that it does and the way that it just flushes out Star Wars. So if you're a fan of Star Wars, this is how you just jump in the deep end. Yeah. Do you have any other non-spoiler th- spoiler thoughts or should we just get into it now that we've gotten that out of the way? Yeah, no, I think uh, I think if we don't have you hooked yet, just still go watch it anyway. But I think I need to start getting <laughs> the spoilers out there because this was a fun couple episodes. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, right off the bat, I was kind of. I really appreciated the fact that we got this opening sequence on the beach that we saw in the trailer, because I, that was it really stuck out to me in the, in the trailer, how beautiful that scenery looked and the lighting and I kind of found myself like when we first got the setting and saw the like waves rippling upon the shore and kind of like these mangrove trees in the background, I, you know, coming off of Avatar, the way of water, I was like, <laughs> is a Metcaina Navi going to like step out into the, into the scene here? Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you talk about, you know, character development and that was one of the things I really liked about this two episode arc. I will say. I was I thought it was kind of interesting that they split it into two episodes with how connected they were. I really felt like it could have been like one just long episode as a way to kind of like kick the season off, but um, not a real gripe, just a, an interesting note there. But I I really liked the fact that we got to spend more more time with two characters that I thought, you know, they had their moments in season 2, but I thought they were relegated to a little bit more of a background role uh with echo and tech and i'm on the record of saying tech is is my guy so (laughs) i loved getting to spend more time with him and he's got a very dry personality but to get a little bit more of that personality was was great for me 
Yeah, no, for sure. This felt like an opening episode. The minute we saw that trailer, it was like, this feels like where we're going to start. And I loved that that was exactly the opening we got. And yeah, no, I don't know how many more things I can say that you didn't already, because it is just amazing how quickly they got us in. They dragged it out. And I feel like tech was less dry and yeah, no, I, I warmed to him very quickly. Echo was always a favorite, but then even like Wrecker, whomst again, I'm on record of saying I'm not the fan of the brutish characters that don't have intelligence. Watching him be smart enough to like take a tank apart and put it together to make another weapon. I was like, he's actually like learning things from his comrades in the same way Omega is learning things from their comrades. So there's... Yeah, there's so many layers to these characters going on, and they're just uh, bringing us home with all of the way that they care about each other and interact with each other. They are an amazing team. Yeah, agreed. And if it shows how excited we are, like I completely forgot that we had like some synopses to read for these first two episodes. So you just started cruising. I was like, okay, here we go. We're we're ready. Hopefully, that's a a nice little morsel for like the the opening of the episode and how we felt about some of these characters. But I'll go ahead and and, uh, give us all the synopsis here to refresh my memory as much as uh, maybe you, the listener's memory. Yeah, I don't even think we said at the top, uh, the episode titles were the spoils of war and the ruins of war. We usually say that in the opening. And again, we're just so excited to be here. (laughs) I completely (laughs) forgot to mention that. All good. All good. Bad Batch Season 2 Episode 1 titled The Spoils of War. After a tip off by her friend Fee Genoa, Sid sends the Bad Batch to Sereno to steal part of Count Dooku's massive war chest to help finance a future of their own. After some reluctance, Hunter joins in and the team proceeds to the planet where the Empire is already transporting the Count's wealth off-world. While trying to secure the valuable cargo, their presence is revealed, and a battle ensues during which Omega, Tech, and Echo are trapped inside a cargo ship preparing for liftoff. Fighting their way to a cargo container, they attempt to use its reentry thrusters to make a safe escape landing whilst Hunter and Wrecker try to lose their pursuers in the bombed-out ruins of the nearby city. And since these episodes are so interconnected, we'll go ahead and jump to episode two as well, titled The Ruins of War, which reads, The cargo container crashes on Sereno's surface. While trying to make their way back to the Marauder, Omega, Tech, and Echo meet Romar Adel. Adel? Adel? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a local who is hiding in the woods while and while conversing with him, the clones get a first impression of what a free life must be like. In an unattended moment, Omega sneaks out to recover more funds from the war chest. Echo and Tech go after her, resulting in a clash with the Imperial search parties, whom the three escape with Romar's help. Hunter and Wrecker fight free of their encirclement and reunite with their friends. With the confirmation of Clone Force 99's survival, Vice Admiral Rampart fearing punishment for his failure to eliminate them, decides to keep this fact secret from Governor Tarkin by eliminating clone Captain Wilco. Yeah, and those were our two episodes. They were fantastic. We're not going to talk about them in separate form because I think there's just, it's all encompassing, like you said at the top, Jay Scotty. And I, yeah. I really thought about it more. It is interesting that they didn't just combine these because when we got the Bad Batch premiere it was like an hour, hour and a half long uh, oh, yeah. for season one. So I don't know why they I'm, it seems like they wanted to do that again, but for some reason separated. But either way, uh, we got them all at once. So I can't I can't complain about what we got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 
as you're jumping in, though, I just want to say at the top, I'm curious what the voice acting is going to look like this season, because already in these first two episodes, they got some like decently named actors to appear as uh, Fee and uh, Romar. Those two characters are voiced by like actual, not actual actors. They are all actual actors, but like (laughs) noted live action actors making their way into a voice acting role. So I'm just kind of hoping um, for those who aren't familiar, it's Wanda Sykes is uh, Fee and then Hector Elizondo, a lot of people would know him from uh, Gary Marshall movies like uh, Pretty Woman and uh, Princess Diaries. He's in like all of those movies. So they're both like noted live action. And I'm just really intrigued to see where it goes. But also, it's just adding to what is already a stellar cast because Dee Bradley Baker knocked it out of the park in these two episodes. Like every single one of the normal clones and stormtroopers had such personality that I had to remind myself this is one guy in a booth recording all of these roles. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very important to keep in mind. It's like, it's such a feat and he's so talented, but yeah. Um, with Wanda Sykes voicing Fee in particular, it was kind of funny. Like I, I just started the episode. I didn't look at the voice cast. And at first I was like, wow, this person sounds a lot like Wanda Sykes. They're doing a very good <laughs> Wanda Sykes. And it turns out it was Wanda Sykes. So uh, she wasn't in the episode all that much, but she definitely played a pivotal role in terms of being the provider of this information about the war chest and kind of setting this adventure uh, going forth. But I expect she'll come back. Um, with the impression she made and i loved her flirtation with tech there <laughs> with tech. And, and just for it to get squashed so so quickly any attraction she had as soon as he started going into like the the fin- phenotypes of like clone genetics and <laughs> that they all have brown eyes she was just like okay <laughs> not interested but uh yeah a lot of fun to have her lend her talents and i wasn't um familiar with the the other gentleman hector alonzo Elizondo, I believe Elizondo. is how it would be pronounced, okay. yes. Yeah, not as familiar with him, but I, I think he definitely lended a, a a certain pedigree and gravitas to the role of a very um, wizened and kind of forlorn ca- character. So yeah. he, he, did, he did a good job. A lot of his characters are very fatherly and, you know, watching over in nature. And that was just the number one way that I felt immediately. The way that he interacted with Omega was just such uh, great writing as for like, this is just a kid who you can tell has only been through war. And this is a man who is trying to remember what life was like before the war. So to get that, you know, dichotomy of perspectives coming together and, you know, slowly helping without being so heavy handed of like, oh, I got to go help him fight. Like it, it just it felt natural. It felt like they actually stumbled upon such a friendly man in the woods um, mm. who I Felt weird, though, didn't ever offer to, like, splint Tech's leg. We joked yeah. at the top about the amount of force put on that. It takes a lot to break a femur, and Tech was oh, just yeah. like, walk it off, let's go. <laughs> well, th- that's when I gained, like, a whole new respect for Tech. And, I mean, I already respected the guy, but... And, you know, this is a heightened fantasy world with Star Wars, and I know they have back-to-tanks and, and ways to recover more quickly from grievous injuries than we do. But, yeah, the fact that he he mustered up and and did what he had to do. And like Romar kind of like told him, you're not going to make it far in your current condition. And tech just kind of says he'll manage. And 
there were a couple moments where I was pretty scared for him, but yeah, he is uh don't be mistaken, he's a badass. They are the bad batch for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was awful. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, I'll, I'll allow it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we got that great character development on the side of Tech and Echo, but also Hunter and, you know, leading this charge for the group. It seems I don't know where the season is going to go, and I don't, I don't really want to speculate but I already just love the direction of are we fighting in the war? Are we adjacent to the war? Should we be getting involved at all? Like Mm -hmm. there's going to be layers to this onion that we're slowly peeling apart because to have Hunter of all people be like, nah, I don't want the money. Like we can survive without it when he's been leading them to like get every possible, like better part of their lives was a, it it seems like there's already going to be some tensions. Yeah, between him and Echo particularly, Echo seems to be like the voice that's really kind of rallying, like we're not doing enough. We really need to be going up against the the Empire in, in more of a, a head-on way. So yeah, I agree. I will be interested to see how that particular plot line unfolds and what it might mean for, you know, infighting within the Bad Batch itself. We've already lost Crosshair, and I mm-hmm. was a little surprised that he didn't appear at all in these first two episodes, but I imagine it's only a matter of time before we check in with him and see what he's got going on. But um, in terms of Hunter, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like I understand he has to play the role of like the responsible one, the one that's really acting as a father figure for Omega and, and really looking out for her Um, while Romar, you know, did have opportunities to provide some fatherly and sage advice for her as well as the, as the other clones. Um, in these first two episodes, I, I thought he kind of, I don't know. He was the most boring to me. And it's like, yes, I don't want to, I don't want to take away from him too much, but it's like on the surface, like he should be my favorite character. He's got the knives. He's like, you know, he's got the ex ex the, the sense abilities. He's, he's got heightened awareness. So like he should be my favorite, but his, his personality is just kind of like, shining through the least and compared to the other ones like Wrecker. He's the comic relief. He's great. Uh, but yeah, I just, I kind of found myself like, come on Hunter, you know, when they, like, I think Sid called him like dark and brooding and uh, yeah, that's all he really, that's all he really <laughs> gave me in these, in these two episodes. It was fitting. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's fine it's one of those like i don't even know if i want to talk about him too much because we only got two episodes yeah i'm gonna like i know we're all gonna get our time in the sun or at least i hope they kind of learned that from the first season after you know relegating tech and echo like okay let's give everyone their moments not just hunter and i think that might feel or might be why it feels so off it's because Mm. he was at the forefront of season one like every decision every moment was pretty much going through hunter so now Mm -hmm. true now we have to let the other children shine, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sounds about right. But then uh, I feel like I I want to know how much time has passed between last season and this season, because mm. it seems like Omega has gotten bigger, has yeah. definitely like aged up and matured a little in the way they look, mm-hmm. as well as 
I mentioned it at the top, outfit change. One of my favorite things that animators do is taking the time to redesign an entire character model. Like that's no easy feat for them to yeah. just do that from the ground up. But I also am curious, like, okay, who was the one that said, nah, we're not doing the black and white anymore. I want blue and like some hints of orange hanging out in the suits. Like at what point did they decide they needed the paint job? But also again, I know it's meant to show the passage of time. At least give me a sure. little, okay, how long has it been? What what are we actually looking at? Because the Empire as a entity seemed to be much more established at this point. Certainly. Yeah, that's it's a good question. And I kind of, I, I found myself looking to the, because I guess they are stormtroopers now. I found myself looking to their armor and I was like, okay, we haven't had the full helmet change to the stormtrooper right. outfit. It's it's still kind of reminiscent to what we saw in episode three. So that makes me think that not that much time has passed. But um, I, I agree with everything you said about like bad the bad batch themselves, their outfits. I love the new hints of color. I have to imagine that's a way not only to incorporate a little bit more stealth, but just to differentiate themselves from from their enemies now. But uh, you know and certainly part of it is the fact that the armor is just becoming more weathered. Like they don't get to go to a nice facility every time they run a mission and get and polish their stuff and be issued new gear. They kind of have to stick with what they've got. So it tells a story in itself that way. Um, so we talk about the passage of time, the stormtroopers changing my one wish. Can we see crosshair in a TIE fighter? Because we haven't seen a TIE fighter in the show yet. <laughs> if anyone's going to be flying a TIE fighter, I want it to be him. Yeah. Because TIE yeah. fighters are just also one of my favorite ships because it's oh. just so like small and nimble. So let's just throw crosshair in one and watch him go for it. Well, and that TIE fighter like scream, that sound effect when a TIE fighter comes into frame, <laughs> like that is just iconic star wars right there but i actually am glad that you brought it you, you mentioned the ships because that's something i did want to say like one thing i noticed in these two episodes is like uh as much as the stormtroopers are their enemies now they're still making a concentrated effort not to kill unnecessarily like they've always got their gun set to stun which yep. puts them at a disadvantage a lot of times but when it comes to like aerial combat i guess anything goes at that point because they did not hesitate <laughs> to shoot down like many ships and it's just like okay if you were a pilot sorry that's that's your lot in life there's not a lot we can do for you there i was honestly thinking that through the whole first episode of like oh they're stunning it's fine and then wrecker gets a cannon and it's over <laughs> i'm like oh okay they're they're lethal now that's what's happening because yeah. there's no way you're non-lethally shooting a cannon uh, uh, at yeah, anyone right. yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah that and then you say you know shooting down pilots that scene of the like ship getting shot and spiraling down as the camera followed it into the mountains it oh, yeah. felt like the same scene from rogue one like mm. we talk mm. about the animation quality and it felt like it was that same level as that live action it had the same impact it had the same explosion and yes technically that is not live action because it's cg but it, it's the fact that they're using the same level of detail when it's supposed to look real as opposed to not supposed to look real amazes me yeah and i think a big contributing factor to kind of bringing that cinematic quality as well is where they choose to place the camera the yes it's it's done in a very filmmaker type way which just shows how much dave filoni and his team have really grown as creators. And I have to imagine, you know, 
his experiences on on the live action Disney Plus shows and kind of like being under John Favreau's wing, he's taken some of that and has been able to implement that into um, these new series like this. So I love to see it. Uh, but I, I I can't let the segue pass by because you you we were talking about the lethality um, and the way this episode the way uh, episode two ended with uh, Rampart oh taking out Wilco. Um, you know, this is a very family friendly show. It's got action. It's got these big heightened moments where you actually fear for the characters. But that was a pretty intense moment. And just seeing Wilco's body like fall, like it wasn't, you know, too intense or gratuitous to where you, you saw him get shoot, shot at uh, point blank range. But seeing his body just kind of fall over the edge, though, was uh, very, very dark. And I kind of had to appreciate the fact that this commander's name was Wilco, which is short for will comply. And what got him killed is the fact that he was not willing to comply. So that's a uh, irony there for you. That's a good catch. But yeah. yeah, just the raw mix of duty being done and then seeing Vice Admiral Rampart, like he knew what he had to do. He's like, I can't let, um, you know, Tarkin find out. But he still wasn't heartless about it. After mm. they cut back to him and he had just uh, shot Wilco, yeah. you could see that it wasn't sitting well with him. He had that moment of like, okay, I did what I had to do, which it, it is interesting because at first I was like, wow, you're just going for straight how to hate the bad guy, have yeah, a good right. guy in front of you. Yeah. but. There is that I like having that extra layer of it not just being so mustache twirly that like, oh, I can't let, you know, it, the dark side. I can't let my guy above me find out or he's going to be disappointed and get a new Padawan like that nonsense. Mm. It's mm -hmm. still like, OK, there's a purpose to why it's happening and there's emotion behind why it's happening. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That, and I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because I did see and, and that just goes to, again to speak to the quality of the show it is done in a a certain style to where they don't look you know when someone's when a character is wearing armor that's where it really starts to kind of become indistinguishable especially from like the prequel area eh, prequel era where george lucas like relied very heavily on computer generated imagery but then once a character removes their helmet and you see the facial features that's where it's like okay this is this is an animated stylized show but even with that being the case, just the amount of emotion and the hesitation and kind of the reservations you saw all in the split second kind of go across Rampart's face. Like, yeah, I did appreciate it. Definitely made him less mustache twirly, as we say. So, <laughs> yes. And I think it did a very good job of setting up that there's going to be multiple stories to this season and threads to pull on by giving us that cliffhanger because without that i think it would have felt very bottle episode and this sure. at least is giving us what feels like greater direction which i'm always for yeah and this is just the beginning it's going to be you know at least one episode of bad batch every week from here on out until march 29th and um i will say this was uh this premiered yesterday which was my birthday so it was a nice little uh birthday present for me to get to revisit the Task are the clone force 99 and the the world of star wars like coming off of andor like it just it feels like star wars has this awesome synergy again and i'm definitely excited uh 
for so many things, including Star Wars Visions, but that's a whole other conversation. Oh, yes. More Star Wars Visions. Please give it to us. That was so good. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, as it feels like we're winding down, I am going to jump in here and say, you know, Jay Scotty just mentioned we have one episode a week of this show coming from now until sometime in March. Mm -hmm. Um, 29th. Yeah. 29th. Thank yeah. you. We yeah. also this week upcoming have My Hero Academia uh, starting back up. So just kind of give you a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, you may notice our episodes get a little shorter, but mm. that is because we're going to be doing two a week for the foreseeable future to try and squeeze into our usual time slot. We're going to do one for Bad Batch, one for My Hero Sometimes they might cross over, who knows, but just to give you all the heads up, we're going to be doing as much as we can, but January is going to be slammed because Vox Machina I'm staring at on my monitor is coming January 20th, and I know all of us are excited for that. So it's just going to be a fun rotation around the horn. Uh, We thought October was bad. I think January is actually going to be worse. We're learning, we're growing, we're adapting, we're evolving. So hopefully you'll enjoy some episodes that might be a little more digestible. But one thing I will say is we will always make time for listener feedback. So if you are watching The Bad Batch, if you are watching any of the cavalcade of shows that we're going to be covering and watching ourselves in January, please chime in with your thoughts and opinions. Um, Andrew, you want to let them know where they can do that at? Yeah, of course. You can uh, email us, as always, at animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com. You can either write to us there or send in a voice memo. We are happy to play any of your thoughts on the show. You can also follow us on all of our social medias and DM us there, Instagram and Facebook, Animation Deliberation, and Twitter, Animation Delib1. And if you want to know what it's like to hear, you know, listener feedback, what Uh, it feels like to be a part of this community also coming uh later this week we have our new year's special unfortunately you won't be able to write in and give us the feedback on that but that episode is going to be full of listener feedback as for what they loved about 2022 what they're looking forward to in 2023 as well as your hosts what our thoughts are on all of those matters as well to wrap up the year now that we're a part of 2023 but that's just a little taste of how it could go so yeah any of you wanting to write in you can do that and listen there do it (laughs) do it (laughs) okay well this was a great uh first episode for the new year 2023 Uh, we are a proud member of the stranded panda network so check out the stranded panda chat on facebook check out all the other shows we've got going on there star wars universe podcast bingers assembled source pages uh marvel cinematic universe of course Yes. Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Of course, I, do. I often do that. I forget the podcast part of that. Forget that we have a podcast. And yeah, uh, yeah as uh, our co-host is not here, I will give the plug for him. We talk about New Year's specials. He's not going to be on our New Year's special, unfortunately. We'll give him a little ration for that. But he was on the uh, Source Pages podcast New Year's special to wrap up everything on the Marvel side of things from a comics and film perspective. So you can also listen to him over there. Cool. All right. Well, that'll do it for me this week. Thank you for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. Stay whelmed. And as always, muscle, muscle. And may the force be with you always. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I'm loving this cheap Caribbean.com vacation. Let's take a walk on the sand. Yes, and I'm craving some jerk chicken. Yes, and I want to go snorkeling. Yes, and did you see those pina coladas? I need one. Yes, and I want a mojito. Two are better than one. Yes, and there's a spot at the Swim Up Bar with my name on it. I get more food, more drinks, and more fun for less money. Get a next-level all-inclusive beach vacation at Ryu Hotels and Resorts. Book today at CheapCaribbean.com.